Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I just want to welcome you to Tackle Sovereignty's group call this week, the Matrix Discussion Group. Uh, it's a beautiful Sunday, the first day of the week. It's kind of a dismal, rainy day where I'm at down here in southwest Florida, but uh, in the middle of summer, that's not always a bad thing. It brings cool weather with it, which is nice. So, anyway, um, we're just chit-chatting before the call here about um, government of the United States of America um, and the two, basically, that are running uh, simultaneously with each other. Everybody kind of thinks there's only one, but there's actually two. Well, you've got the corporate side, and then you've got the side with really just the people. And uh, unfortunately, the corporate side has usurped the people's side. And the mass majority of the population doesn't even know that there's uh, two separate entities and that they've actually been tricked into following the wrong one. And so actually that's what we're kind of chit-chatting about. And um, did you have any further questions? Uh, regarding, I'm sure you've got a lot of questions, Sean, regarding that. Yeah, no, not at the very second, but yeah, I'm sure something will come up. Thanks. Uh, and you had mentioned something about the Constitution as well. And that's something that uh, really needs to be gone over. And people need to comprehend uh, what the Constitution is. Uh, unfortunately, today we've got a lot of people that are in the so-called patriot community that, you know, they, they get uh, downplayed by the powers that be. You know, they're, they're called patriots, they're called constitutionalists, you know. And from the outside looking in, for those that really don't know any different, uh, you would really wonder you know, what's the problem with being a constitutionalist? You know, isn't the Constitution, you know, the backbone uh, to the nation? And what's wrong with being a patriot, you know? And that that throws a lot of confusion in people's minds, I think, when they see, you know, the powers that be or the, or the, the company, the government that exists today uh, coming down on those people. And even the courts not allowing... Um, anything from the Constitution to be cited in court. You know, uh, the judges will tell you, you know, this is my court, you know, which is essentially what's going on. A lot of people don't know it, but much of these courts are actually even owned by the judges. They literally own them. (laughs) And the judges will tell you as well, as far as like the statutes go, that they own the statutes, which is exactly true. Um, I've seen people who have gone and written to, I oh, can't recall if it was Westlaw or not, but to seek permission to use certain statutes. And they got permission from them. And I really thought that was pretty amazing because if it's there for you to use and it's there for the people, then you shouldn't need permission. And the fact that an entity is going to grant permission is telling you that, yeah, there is a situation regarding ownership going on. And so from the, the, the Patriot standpoint and from the way they're looking at things and how they're getting hammered down, it's got to show you that there's some underlying problem going on. And that underlying problem really is with that Constitution that for some reason they want to hold so dear to themselves. 
um, the Constitution along with uh, the amendments that, that accompany it. Uh, the Constitution itself is supposed to limit the government or show how the government's going to be operating. And then the Bill of Rights is supposed to be uh, the so-called rights that are given to the people uh, by that government, which essentially they're really not rights, they're privileges. Um, our rights are given to us by our Creator. We're born with those rights. Those are those unalienable rights. Those are the in- inherent rights that everyone has. And so if a government can take something away, then evidently it's not a right. It's just basically a privilege. And as far as I'm concerned, uh, they can keep those privileges. Those privileges actually were compacted into what people know of as civil rights. And that all comes back from the Roman times. And that's where that civilly word comes from. And that goes back to uh, looking at uh, what we were saying earlier, talking about the greater good um, and the public. And so those civil rights actually belong to the public and relate to the public and not to the man or woman. So one of the things that I find very interesting as well is a lot of the argument in the patriot community um, goes along the line of wondering what's going on with legalese and with the definitions of words and things like that. And if you go into... I think I was looking at uh, IRS was 7701, it's talking about definitions. And it's given the definitions for words that were being used, like uh, it started out like with the word person and things like that. But the definitions they're giving them, from what I was looking at, wasn't really the problem. <clears throat> the problem was, was that they had taken over the word itself. Because when they were giving definitions, they weren't saying that <clears throat> excuse me, that this word shall mean this or that. What they were saying was that this term shall be construed as. Well, construed, it's been kind of means it's been twisted or needs to be looked at a different way. And the, but the essential thing to me really was that they called it a term. And a term, as far as their legal society goes, a term to them would be the same as a hammer would be to a construction worker or a wrench would be to a mechanic. That's one of the tools they use. They use terms and terminology. And so it's not that that the definitions had necessarily been changed or been hijacked, but the word itself had actually been hijacked. And it would be like taking a word that belongs to the English language and the Chinese adopting that word but saying, okay, now this word is going to mean something else. But they actually took it a step further. Instead of hijacking the word, they took the the word and they made it a term. And since it's a term, and they get to decide what the terminology is behind that term and how that term is going to be used. Uh, That's really where I would say the deceit, I don't want to call it fraud, uh, because, you know, within their own organization, they can do whatever they want. 
So it's essentially really deceit as far as people look at it because people don't really comprehend that. Um, they think that these people, whether it's an attorney or whoever, that they're people just like us and we all belong to the same thing. And nothing could be further from the truth. And one of the definitions and things you're looking at the Constitution and people don't comprehend what the Constitution is or what it's for. Essentially, the Constitution was set up just to show how a company in bankruptcy was going to be operated. And you take the word uh, Constitution itself and break it down, and those who write a Constitution are called Constitutors. And a Constitutor is one who agrees to pay the, ber- pay the debt of someone else. And so really what happened was the Founding Fathers were covering their own butt in writing the Constitution. Uh, it's a contract. It's a pact. There's, I think, 75 of them or so that signed it. And that's what they were doing is they were protecting themselves and their posterity and their property. Uh, that's all that was happening at that time. And somehow along the way, everybody... It came to feel like, you know, that when it spoke of uh, we the people, it was talking about all of us. I think it was Patrick Henry um, stood in front of Congress at one point, and he said, by what right did you have to use we the people? How can you speak? You can't speak for everybody. And I really think, I think Congress acquiesced to his statements on that. There, there was no reply back to it because the reply would have uh, probably been painful for a lot of people. And he knew the truth. Uh, Patrick Henry knew the truth. Because he knew that when they were saying we the people, they were talking about themselves and themselves only. And the people that were part of uh, that pact, part of that contract, the Constitution. And I think he was trying to goad them into coming out and really admitting that, uh, which didn't happen. And on top of it, I think one of the things that a lot of people as well are not comprehending or getting confused on and trying to fight about is the common law. And so many people in the various movements are all trying to find, you know, how they they can bring common law in the courts when they really don't comprehend what happened when supposedly the Mayflower came over here and what the people were doing. Now, because the people were sick and tired of what was going on in England at that time. And uh, they were essentially pissed off at the king. You know, that, that's what the Declaration of Independence was. It was primarily a tort against the king and calling out the things that he had done against the populace. And so with their anger towards the king, it's like, okay, how are they angry at the king? I mean... Uh, did he dress badly? I doubt it. Uh, did he have bad breath? Uh, well, that wouldn't affected any of them. So what about the king was it that they didn't like? What the people at that time did not like was the oppression of, get this, the common law. The common law was very oppressive to the people. That's what they were wanting to get away from. And now we're seeing Americans a couple hundred years later all wanting to, you know, stand on the common law and use the common law when they really don't have a concept 
regarding what the common law is really all about and the oppression of the people that were suffering from regarding the common law several hundred years ago. I was listening to somebody talk, and they had gone to uh, the Black's Dictionary, Black's Law Dictionary. Uh, and very good information there. Um, uh, Judge Blackstone wrote it. His commentaries are excellent. But in the back, I think it's the 8th edition, it listed uh, in order of succession the kings and queens of England. And this gentleman thought, guys, that's really weird. You know, why would they put that in here? Uh, they don't have the succession of the presidents listed in here. They've just got that. Uh, so he wrote in uh, to the publishers and asked them, you know, I've got a question. You guys have some interesting stuff here. I just want to know why you've got the succession of the kings and queens listed in here. And uh, they actually did reply back to him, and their answer was very telling. Is They said, because that's all that matters. That's what the common law is under. That's what the statutes are under. They're under the king or queen that was reigning at that time that it was established. And so essentially, the way it really breaks down and looks like is that uh, the president and Congress here in Washington, D.C. have basically been placed here as babysitters. And uh, the conduit, the conduit between uh, the city of London and the people of America. And the more you get into some of the the older writings, especially the older, older uh, court writings, you know, you see the evidence of that. Um, some of those are published. Most of them are not published. And there's a very good reason why they're not published. So it, it, it's really funny that it seems like the things that the people are trying to grab onto that they think, are things that can save them are actually the things that are the most harmful to them. And they haven't been given the real truth and the real knowledge of how the system is established and how it's supposed to be operating and what their position and what their relationship to it is. Everybody's found it very easy just to sit back and, you know, as long as I don't have anybody pounding down my door today, you know, I'm happy, I'm okay. You know, that's pretty much everybody's attitude. Uh, when what we're supposed to really be doing, because every, the one basic right everybody has from the creator that, that nobody takes advantage of is the right of self-determination. You know, you get to decide who you're going to follow and who you're not going to follow. Um, you're going to decide what kind of government it is that you want and what kind you don't want. And the biggest thing that people don't realize, <clears throat> but that it really should be self-evident, is that, you know, you, you look around uh, this landmass and you see that we had different states sprout up at different times. And we've always been under the idea, or under, seems almost illusionary now, that they were supposed to all be their own independent nation states. And that is the power that people have. That That's their ability through self-determination. And through the um, 
through this whole system, we're actually not really just supposed to be following one thing. We're only supposed to be building our own and not sitting back. It's been made very difficult for people anymore because everybody's got to work at least 40 hours a week, you know. And at one time, that was good for the family with having a father working 40 hours a week and the mother taking care of things. But the system has evolved in a, in a way to where they can draw as much from the people as they can. And so you've got two family members almost that have to work 40 hours a week anymore just to make ends meet, which makes it very uh, difficult for you to build what you're really supposed to be building. Uh, but the law nations explicitly laid that out as well. You have, you have the right to self-exile. You don't have to follow an impressive government. Even the founders told us that it was our duty to cast off an oppressive government. And cast off didn't necessarily mean go after them with pitchforks or anything like that. But to cast off it, you separate yourself from it. You, know, you can follow whatever you want to follow. And we're talking about um, the government of the United States of America dot international, and there's some good information there as how you can do that. You know, and you can join your own political society and belong to whoever you want. And that's really what people through time have always done for thousands of years. But that idea has really become very stagnant in the past 150 years. Anyway, uh, yeah, Bunkay, so you put Ken Cousins in there. Yeah, that's Ken Scott Cousins. He kind of got rid of that surname Cousins and kind of goes with Ken Scott now. When he didn't really realize that all he had to do was uh, define the last name. And that was uh, not let it be presumed to be a name used in commerce. And that's been the downfall of a lot of people, really, is that uh, that last name um, you're looked at as being in commerce essentially 24-7. And that's what the courts are for. They're the bankers, and they're there to administrate, the, administrate commerce whenever there's any difficulties in it. Ryan, if I may? Yeah, go ahead. You want to try to see if you can get a hold of Rocco? Ben, ben just tried calling him, and there, he said there was no response. Uh, I know he was working, and he told me that his boss said that he should be done by in time, so who knows? Maybe okay. later. I just, <laughs> I just thought I'd tell you. <laughs> trying, to, trying to think of the name of uh, the guy in California. He's an actor. Uh, a number of years ago, uh, he was involved with uh, somebody by the name of Randy Lee also. Uh, they are involved in a court situation, and uh, there was a dispute that came up um, regarding the name. And uh, the argument was that it was a, um, not a misrepresentation, but uh, it was a question of identity. <clears throat> and I, I don't know if this was happening during like an identity hearing or something like that. Um, but uh, he was basically calling it a mistaken identity. And it was because of that surname 
and its relationship to commerce. And the, the judge ended up throwing the case out, dismissing the case. You know, because he knew that they were exactly right. Like that's what they were talking about. And so essentially what happens, I mean, you, you hear people always talking about questioning jurisdiction. Um, what happens is with that last name actually being clarified, that it's not operating in commerce. Um, you're showing there a jurisdictional problem uh, because the court's jurisdiction is really just over the commerce. Um, with that, without that commercial tie-in, there is no jurisdiction for them. Uh, if anybody had anything they want to chit-chat about, go ahead. Um, waiting for a buddy of mine to come in, uh, like we were just talking about. So, and he just messaged me and he said, "Sorry, I'm running late." So, anyway, hey Brian, Dave in the thumb, how you doing? Hey Dave, what's up, brother? Uh, not too much. <clears throat> you hear Jerry Lewis died today? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, Jerry Lewis died and Dick Gregory. Well, I don't watch TV and I haven't had a radio on today, so. Huh, that's interesting. Yeah, Jerry Lewis was 91, Dick Gregory was 84. Yep, I saw that. I don't have TV, but I do have radio. I heard it on the radio. I saw it on Facebook. Did you? Yeah. So, I have a question. And, Brian, yeah, thanks. To me, this is kind of like the Matrix. You know that part where you said, um, in regards to where you said that um, the Constitution is... uh, not we the people, it's them the people, the uh, constitutors, I think is the way you put it. Um, well, that where I'm at right now, I mean, it's like that part in the matrix where, no, no, I don't believe you, let me out of here. Um, that's just crazy. I can't believe that that is true. But, I mean, you know, I guess it is true, and it's like, a big hit. So, anyway, that's kind of where I'm at. And yeah, I, it, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it can be a big hit to people when they find out that or learn that, you know, that things that they've thought or uh, been taught their whole life isn't the case, you know. Uh, when you wake up and kind of realize that you're just kind of one of the pieces on a uh, checkerboard you know yes <laughs> yeah so that so where i'm at with that is you know where does that leave me hanging uh you know what the heck almost anyway i guess it's where you know i've just kind of discovered that already before this call but it still is like i i've actually heard it at least two or three years ago, and I'm like, I rejected it then. And 
I wanted to believe that that uh, you know the republic is intention was great and it's for real and it stands there. It's just been taken over, but that really isn't the case either. Does that sound right to you? It isn't the case. Oh yeah, sure. It's absolutely not the case. And you know, when you look at jurisdiction, you know, um, w- one of the main uh, things that it's always pointed to in jurisdiction is the uh, personal jurisdiction or locational jurisdiction. You know, and you know, judges will want to say, you know, well, you know, where do you live? Where do you work? Da da da. And that's basically just establishing jurisdiction form. Well. Now you look at immigrants coming over here to America. Um, If, you know, they're being given a home here and things like that uh, by the government, which they are, um, would the government then not have jurisdiction over them? Uh, Instead, uh, what happens is they they go through the naturalization process uh, where they actually uh, take an oath uh, to the United States. And how many Americans here have taken an oath to the United States? Um, all these forms that we fill out, I mean, so often uh, there's a box there to check, uh, yes, I'm a United States citizen. Okay. Well, if you claim to be a United States citizen, when did you ever take an oath uh, legally, you know, in front of a magistrate or whoever, or a state official? When did you take an oath to the United States? Nobody's done that. So, essentially what's happened, and not just essentially, but I'd say exactly what's happened, is that um, what we think of as the public out here is all running around stateless because they have no oath or allegiance because along with an oath comes protections. And we're seeing over and over hearing from people how this happened to them by police officers or that happened or this happened in court or that happened. Well, those things are happening because they have no protections. If you have a a loyalty and you've made an oath to a government, then it's the duty of that government to protect you. And today, looking around us, uh, protection is the last thing that we see being lent. Which, that should be a big clue. This is BJ. Can I chime in? Hey, BJ. What's up, bro? Hey, not too much. Um, that's one thing I noticed, you know, especially working out in the construction field and, you know, several different places. And you got a lot of Mexicans coming up from Mexico and just working these jobs and making great money and then going back to Mexico. But they get this green card, you know. And I started thinking about that. It's like, well... A green card is kind of like, you know, birth certificate. So, I mean, they're allowing them to come here and work, but it gives the, it gives the corporation something to bond to. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a nexus. Right. But I just noticed we were talking about immigration and the immigrants coming over and I mean, I don't know if they're giving them immigrants, you know, green cards or what they're giving them, but I just looked at that fact. 
I just wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, and you talk about a clue, you know, like, you know, you. Uh, I've always heard, you know, if you go to court for a ticket and you try to stand up and say, you know, I know my constitutional rights and that kind of thing, and they say, don't even bring it in here. Right. You know, I mean, not knowing law and stuff, I mean, that is like an obvious thing. What the heck has happened? Where, why is it that way and all that? You know, um, when we're supposed to have the the rights and the government is supposed to have the privileges and and we're supposed to be protected by all that and everything and it's exactly the opposite you know and um so right well it seems like it's the constitution is protecting them more than us so <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what, and it, you're absolutely right. It, it is set up to protect them, and <clears throat> there, there's several things that have gone on, and uh, that some of them you hear rumored about, and some of it yeah, you see flat out. It's a fact, and didn't even realize it. But that is, you know, we've heard uh, this, a lot of discussion about the presence of the United States uh, and their lineage, and them being related. Mm-hmm. And and that, which I really give a lot of credit to now. I mean, at first I kind of laughed it off, but you know, the more I looked into it and everything, it was like, wow, you know, because it, it, it is set up for their protection, and they know who they are. You know what I mean? And they're the ones that are, are using it on, on on their behalf, and of course, you know the president, you know, may take an oath uh, to preserve and protect the Constitution because that's his Constitution. It's his, uh, it's his lineages um, compact that they wrote. And what came in, as far as, you know, just to administrate the people, um, were all these little private membership associations that started up. And uh, the Supreme Court even said that they were 100% legit, and I think it's the Seventh Amendment that they used that through was through uh, the right of assembly. And it, that's what those private membership associations did fall under. They fell under the right to assemble. <clears throat> but furthermore, the Supreme Court even went on to say that, you know, the rules and regulations within that assembly could be essentially whatever those people wanted, as long as uh, none of it perpetrated a capital offense, you know, and that if somebody wanted to go and join a certain uh, group, become a member somewhere, and they decided that, yeah, all of the rules and everything that that membership entailed, they, they totally agreed with, well, then that fell on the right of that individual. Uh, that fell under their self-determination ability. And if that's what they wanted to do, then so be it. Unfortunately, people have never really read the fine print, you know, and the fine print is where all of those little rules and regulations will be at, um, especially, you know, you open a bank account, uh, you know, gosh, there's tons of fine print there to read if you want to, 
you know, people just, you know, they they just want to do what they got to do, sign their name to whatever, and get on with their business, so they don't bother doing that. And it, same thing. I mean, I think what touches everybody the most probably is Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, Department of Motor Vehicles is its own PMA. It's its own private membership association. In fact, it is a a part of actually a larger organization. Um, it's by a similar name. I can't recall it right now. But people have gone and they said, oh, I've got the right to travel. Oh, okay, yeah, you did it one time, but you went and you joined this PMA who has rules that say uh, you have to get a license, uh, you have to have insurance. Uh, that includes this amount of liability. Uh, you have to have your registration. It's got to be renewed every year or every two years, you know, however they want to set it up. And uh, I'm going to follow the rules of the road or I'm going to maintain, you know, the exhaust system on my car. So, I'm, you know, I'm going to be submitting to these tests on my vehicle or what I think is my vehicle. And then when they get in trouble, they want to run back and use the Constitution. And, you know, that's one of the reasons there why I quote, We'll, we'll laugh at right out is because no, it, you might have had that at one time, but no, you've joined this PMA and they've got their own sets of rules and regulations and you decided to do adopt them. So now you're being essentially you're at fault uh, contractually because the courts are really administering uh, contract law. And so they're going and looking at this contract that you signed with the Department of Motor Vehicles. Did you or did not do you not live up to your responsibilities that you originally agreed to? You know, if the court finds no, you didn't uh, live up to the rules and regulations for that association, then yeah, they're going to find you at fault. And it's really that simple. I was uh, watching a video, I think Ian came out with it today, actually, and it's, you know, one of my favorite topics, uh, you know, doing your own declaration of status. And it, he was going through the motor vehicle code, I think it might have been for California, and, you know, it listed right there in the body of, you know, the fine print that, by being a licensee that you are agreeing to service of process, uh, which means service of process can be as simple as a parking ticket or uh, even having a warrant served on you. Uh, a warrant served on you is service of process as well. And, and, and service of process is stuff as simple as getting uh, junk mail, you know. It's essentially just service of process is all that is. And if you go into uh, the UCC, and I think it's UCC 9 where it talks about uh, the debtor and location of debtor, it contains a lot of that info. Very, very often it comes right back and it refers to the driver's license as far as determining the location of debtor. Because... That's their go-to to find where to serve the service of process to, because you've agreed to be the agent for an organization that they created, which is that all-cap name, you know. And so when they need to deal uh, with that organization, 
they're going to deal with the agent for that organization. It's just as simple as, uh, say, something happening at a business somewhere. Well, that business is its own organization. And if there's a problem, who do they go to? They go to whoever is the agent for that business. Like all the businesses have an agent for service process. Uh, whether you are the owner of a small mechanic shop or you're the CEO of a large corporation. A lot of the large corporations will actually set up their own agents to handle service of process for them so that their secretaries and stuff like that don't have to be uh, encumbered with a lot of the trivial stuff. Um, the United States, Inc. has its own agents for service of process. And it's called um, uh, United States of America Incorporated, I think is their name. And if you go to their page, I found it kind of interesting. You go to their page, and on their home page, their top banner on there is uh, the banner for the Department of Transportation. And transportation actually morphed off from uh, the Department of Commerce. That's what it was originally part of. And transportation, when people think transportation, they always think cars and trucks and that kind of stuff boats, whatever. But when the government looks at transportation, uh, they're looking at it differently. Uh, they're looking at the transporting of information within the, within the government and to and from other governments. All right, we're hitting it at about 8 o'clock here. Uh, I've got something going on at 9, so we've got another hour left. Uh, so wait for my buddy to jump in. Uh, I guess he's working a little later than he had planned, so. Right. I guess they're uh, on the way back to the house right now, so. All right. He gets back there, so. Yeah, it's, um, this is... Good take there, Brian, on which you explained. Um, referring back to some things KW did, you know, he was sitting in court one time, and I don't know what he was waiting for. I can't recall that, but had the clerk or somebody come out asking him. It's like, well, I need your addresses, you know. It's like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I need to know where you live. And he's like, well, right now I'm living right here. And she's like, what do you mean? Well, I'm right here in this chair. She goes, well, I need to find out somewhere where I can mail it. And uh, he just refused to give her the information for service or process. So, I mean, they should have had that information already, but... There's a there's a real interesting uh, video out there. Uh, it's from uh, Judge Judy. I'm sure people remember Judge Judy from TV. Uh, kind of a shoot off from people's court. But th there was a girl who was uh, attempting to sue her um, ex-boyfriend in small claims court. And I think it was like over a vehicle or something like that. And, you know, he hadn't paid her or whatever. And so she was trying to sue him for it. And the, the things that the court administrators ask you 
in the onset is questions that will give them jurisdiction, you know, and give them the ability whether or not they can make a ruling over the situation or not. And she asked the young man, you know, well, what do you do for work? Oh, I, I just do, you know, whatever I need to. And she says, well, that doesn't answer me anything. Well, sometimes I do a list, sometimes I do a little bit of that, nothing really specific. And Judge Shoes said, well, okay, uh, well, where do you live? And he says, oh, all over the place. You know, sometimes I stay with a friend, sometimes I might be at my mom's for a night. You know, it, it's hard telling where I'm going to be. <clears throat> well, anyway, at the end of the questioning and everything, Judge Judy turned to the girl and told the girl, I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to dismiss this case. He's not giving me any information that I can use. And the girl was just totally confused by it. But it was very obvious that what Judge Judy was doing was she was trying to get a verification of jurisdiction and that you know, he was somebody that fell under her authority, and he just didn't give her any info that would establish that. Um, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. There is, there is another, and I wish I could find it again. There, there is an older video that I saw, um, and I don't know. It was two young gentlemen, and I don't know if they were in front of a judge or it was just a clerk of court or who it was. But they asked one young man, you know, where he lived at. And uh, they were both, uh, like, older teenage uh, boys. Um, and they were uh, apparently Native American. And the, the boy said, oh, he says, I live in the air. Um, I dwell next to the sea, you know, da-da-da-da. And uh, the official got kind of frustrated and said, oh, okay, whatever, looked at the air boy, he's like, well, where do you live? And he says, I live next door to him. <laughs> and that kind of ended that confrontation right there. And it was the same thing, trying to just establish that you was somebody that fell underneath um, the ring of power. And it's funny just to see small things like that, you know, and, and people are thinking, oh, we've got to file this 30-page document and do this and do that. Actually, at the end of the day, it might be a lot more simpler than that. Anyway, following that line of thought with uh, self-determination, like I was saying, part of starting the recording, you go to uh, the government of the United States of America dot international and uh, look over their info there. Um, it's, you, it's not falling under a situation where you're underneath the president anymore. Uh, I guess there is no president. Presidents are for corporations. All right. Um, there are, are no presidents in a government. There's actually just monarchs or kings, things of that nature. And you, there's a spot there where you can declare your own nationality which I think is totally awesome because with all these people running around stateless out here, nobody's ever declared a nationality. And then they wonder why they get in trouble when it comes to powers that be and why there's no protections for them. So there's a place there where you can declare your nationality. And 
you know, one of the things that people have argued about a lot as well is what do you do with the person? And uh, a lot of people, I think one of the big light bulb moments for people is when they realize that they're not a person, but they, but they have a person. And uh, that person is that organization that is the nexus that um, U.S. Inc. can use to contract uh, with you and them. And that's kind of their bridge, if you want to put it that way. And it's kind of the bridge that they use. And that that is a position that they created. Um, and the word person, as it's used uh, within U.S. Inc., is not a word. It's a term. It's not one of their terms. And uh, they've termed that person to mean a whole list of things. It can be a corporation. It can be an assembly. It can be just by an organization, a limited liability company. Uh, so one of the things you have to I think probably trying to figure out from them when they're trying to get you uh, to be a representative for us. But I said, okay, well, what is it really? Is it a limited liability corporation? Is it an organization? Uh, I, I tend to think it's an organization. So anyway, the um, you go to government of the United States of America, international. Uh, next thing they have right below claiming your nationality is setting up your PMA. Because since you think created the person, then guess what? Hey, you can't destroy it because you're not the one that created it. They created it. The only thing you can decide is your relationship with it. And uh, through setting up your own PMA, it's a private membership association of one. Or maybe two if you want to look at it as being between you and your person. But you just couch your... Uh, person there, and all of this gets uh, published, and so essentially you are just moving that office or that organization or person from U.S. Inc. over to a government that you believe a little bit stronger with how they're set up, because it really is set up for the people, and it's run by the people. You don't have any huge conglomerations over you. Uh, deciding how you're going to conduct your life and live your life and raise your children, feed your children, educate them, etc. Those are all things that were given to us naturally that we're supposed to be able to decide and choose on our own. Unfortunately, over time, everybody's just kind of relinquished that authority to other powers outside of themselves. And I truly think that that is probably going to be the harsh, harshest judgment at Judgment Day for everyone. You know, everybody's worried about, oh, I stole a piece of candy when I was a kid. You know, is uh, the creator going to ask me about that? No, I think it's a little bit bigger. I think he's going to want to know how come you let some other outside organization, outside of yourself, dictate your life and dictate what religions would be offered to you and what would be acceptable in your life and how you could educate yourself you know, where you could work and who you, you were going to pay from those wages 
And I think that is a much bigger issue to the creator. Because all those things were given actually for us to do on our own. And not to turn over and lay in the hands of someone else. Those are all the intangible rights that, that we were born with. And instead, with every little thing that's been done, all the intangible rights have been swiped away from everybody. And it's kind of harder to notice when it's something intangible that's being taken away. I mean, you notice when your car is being taken away or impounded, but you don't recognize that intangible right that you gave over to another organization to dictate what's done with that vehicle. You, you don't notice that right having been surrendered. You only notice the results of it. All right, if anybody had anything they wanted to bring up, uh, it's like my buddy is running way later than he thought he was going to be. Yeah, Brian, this is me. What's up, man? I was going to mention that another good information spot would be uh, they want they can check in on YouTube and listen to the T Row show. Yeah, absolutely. People can check out the T Row show. It's just the T and then space and R O H. I always, when I've looked for it on uh, just Google or whatever search engine like have used that a lot of times it was bringing up a lot of other crazy stuff other than that. Uh, so people can also uh, just go to uh, Brian Parker, that's Brian with a Y, on YouTube, and that's one of the playlists I've got there, and I keep it updated uh, every week when new stuff comes up. Actually, I've got probably about 30 playlists on there, and I, well, I'm the one that created them, so I would probably say it's pretty awesome info, but I really think it is great info on there. Uh, also, uh, check out the playlist. It's called uh, Our Journey to Independence. Our Journey to Independence is definitely an awesome playlist. And that was one of the first ones started by uh, the government of the United States of America. Well, if nobody has anything they want to bring up or discuss or whatever, we'll call this a uh, short night tonight, which is fine with me. All right. I probably don't have much myself. I'm trying to work out some other things to play catch up here. So. Hey, uh, BJ, um, our meetings, are they just being done on the regular um regular Zoom room that we've been using? Um, that's a good question because I'm confused on that because obviously the Uber didn't work out. And Uber claims to be worldwide, but then they only support certain 
web browsers and things like that. So, I don't know. That needs to be figured out. I did talk to, uh, I did find out that there was um, three other rooms that were available. One of them would have been available to us, but then it was, wasn't something that was brought up like I feel it should have been. If that was the case, we could have got into one of them. Like you can figure okay. out some way, some way that the why Uber's not working the way it's supposed to. No, oh, I had absolutely no problem with Uber. Without I mean, people I just coming act- in and being online and be able to record and stuff. Huh. I I just accessed it from uh, the link you provided. Instead of calling into the number, I just accessed mm-hmm. it that way, and you know I saw the board fine and saw where everybody could mute or unmute themselves and things like that. I think if people just call into the number itself, then they're not seeing the board, so they're not able to um, have controls on their talking options. Maybe um, maybe there's some. Uh, uh, chime in number options or something. They're supposed to press the numbers and star or pound to get into it. Then, but I tried to. Yeah. I tried to get in contact with Uber in um, oh, oh, the customer service, and I couldn't even find a link for that. Oh, maybe we can go over that uh, Tuesday night when we have the assembly meeting. All right. So that's what I got. That's all I got to say about that. So either way, we'll have the call Tuesday night. So. And we're doing that at seven, right? Um, we can get on at seven or whenever, but the actual recording's not going to start until eight o'clock. That's right. when the moderator's um, available at eight. So, so we can get right, on um, earlier than that and discuss a few things, and then and then start the recording at eight. All right. Uh, I'm going to wrap uh, this call uh, up here, I think. Rocco just logged into chat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what timing? Now he's coming on to the call. <laughs> okay. As soon as he unmutes himself. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Welcome, Rocco. I uh Crazy day, work on a Sunday. So anyway, I'm here. I'm here. What's happening? What hey. is this? Hey, Rocco. Uh, just, hey, about an, just about an hour and a half. That's all you missed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Of, of, of me probably boring the hell out of people. I don't know. It's all good. So where did we start? Where are we at? What happened? 
Uh, I kind of wrapped up talking about uh, government of the United States of America dot international. I'm not sure how how familiar you are with that site yet. So, I was on that first call you guys had when everybody was, um, you know, voting in or appointing, and so that's all I know. And then I got really busy in my life, so (laughs) a couple weeks passed by. Yeah. So, but here I am. Well, if you had something in particular you wanted to discuss this evening or not, Rocco? Um, um, you know what? I just wanted to go over real quick. It's funny because um, my roommate, my boss, you know, he's sort of looking over my shoulder what I'm doing, and I, I just wanted to go over really quickly just a common sense answer. You know, why why the authentication? Uh, on the certificate by birth, you know, isn't it three seals? Um, is that the deal? And then, or for standing, uh, what's what's the the good answer that that every man will go? Ah, oh, I get that. I see. How would you sum that uh, up? Okay. Why why we why we do that? All right. Well, this is the reason I did it, and this is the way I look at it. Okay. Um. Yeah. That. And if you listen to, um, well, there's an interview done with uh, Revised Article 9, and it was uh, several judges and attorneys on there talking, and they were basically talking about the organization, which is the illegal person. And they they referenced uh, the birth certificate as well on there. And so, you know, kind of the way I look at it is, you know, if there's two people that are going to argue over a car, and somebody's standing there holding somebody's standing there holding the title to it that came to them from that came to them from the state and somebody else is standing there holding a photocopy, you know, who's gonna be recognized? Right. I I yeah. hear you. Like well, it's like three seals equals an original. That's what I, I found out in my research as far as you're you know, you're holding an original when you have uh you're on par with an original, I should say. And then it's right out of right. scripture. Out of, out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. So we're in harmony with scripture there, you know, from Deuteronomy. Right. I'm holding uh, I'm holding this right now in my hand. Um, this, uh, and I, I can tell really quick, my little story here. Um, I got the authentication here, but I love what it says. It says, you know, Department of State, to whom, to all... To all to whom these presents shall come, greetings. I certify that the document hereto annexes under seal. This is of, of Illinois, in my case, and that such seal is forward slash are entitled to full faith and credit. And then it has an asterisk, and the asterisk reads, For the contents of the annexed document, the department assumes no responsibility. This certificate is not valid if removed or altered, so in any way whatsoever. So anyway, uh, I had done... Jamaica, but I had, you know, I we had spoke last night about a little bit about that, but it was like after the fact, as it were, you know, them signing the Hague, or did they sign on to the Hague? We don't know, but I went ahead, I just wanted to see what would happen. I sent it all back to get it done, but the thing is, you know, redone, but it, the thing is, they only will do it once, and so what they told me is one authentication is it, 
that that's all they're gonna do. But but what you do is you take your your document, you know, your apostille authenticated, and you just send it to the embassy. So here's the letter I got. It says your authentications customer, we have received your authentication request. This was me resubmitting, saying, hey, I got Jamaica, but it was like after the fact, I'm going to go for Indonesia. Says, Please follow the below instructions. The enclosed document did not need to be returned to this office as the authentication for Indonesia is your only requirement for use in that country. The enclosed document may now be submitted to the embassy for legalization. So they're telling me contact the embassy for any country. Then, because it's already been authenticated, and from here on out, you can just get, uh, you know, Department of State seals over, you know, inter internationally in whatever country. So, just sharing uh, what I went through. So maybe somebody can use that. Maybe they can't. But anyway, yeah. Once the, the once the authentication's done, it's good for any country anywhere, and right. and under. Uh, 28 U.S.C. 1733, that's where it tells you that it is observed as the original document. All right. Right. And, and uh, you know, wherever somebody got theirs done at, if that country has sent, signed on to the Hague or anything like that, it doesn't matter because once that document's authenticated, it's authenticated. And it doesn't say Jamaica on there anywhere or anything like that. That they just needed you to name a country that was a non-HAG signatory. That way, they would do an authentication on it. Otherwise, they would only do they only do an apostille, which keeps it within the perimeters of U.S. Inc. Oh, okay, okay. So, oh, I thought it was just the opposite. I thought the apostille was international. No, no, the no. authentication oh, okay. is international. Yep. Okay. The, okay. So the the apostille is limiting. Uh, I get it. See, we're, I mean, I'm, I'm learning something, these little tidbits along the way. Okay, because, yeah, I'm I'm good to go, but even, you know, I'm, I'm thinking if we, you know, like like I said, people want to take it one step further, they can they can also send it to an embassy, you know, uh, if they want, you know, and get the seal of that embassy to, if they're going to go into a, that particular country, so, anyway. Well, hey, can I ask a question? Sure. God, pardon me and these dogs. Yeah, I wanted to ask. Um, this is Sean. What, what in the heck are you guys talking about? <laughs> I mean, I didn't understand any of that. Well, is this about traveling right. the, the world or something, or what the heck? No, no. Yeah, uh, this is uh, all right. Dog's not working now. Okay. Uh, well, what this is is uh, when you realize that the the nexus between you and the state is that title that was created for the organization that was created. That organization is that all cap name. Okay. Uh, yeah. You get stuff from Core or in the mail or you know printed right on your driver's license, you see that all-cap name. Uh, that all-cap name is not English, okay? And it's actually maybe referred to as dog Latin, okay? But um, I, I really think the best way to look at those those letters, it, they're really um, corporate symbols, 
okay? And you see corporate symbols if you look in the back of, like, the uh, business section of the newspaper. Um, you'll see all these different corporations and what their stocks are valued at, and they're all, they're all listed as their corporate symbols. I'm getting a lot of muffling and a lot of noise. I'm not sure where that's coming from. All right, it went away. But as far as the authentication goes, see, what's happened is right now, for everybody, the state is holding title to that organization that was created. And that organization is the nexus between you and the state. Okay? Yeah. And they they want you to be essentially like the agent for that organization. Are you understanding that? Yeah, sure, sure. That helps so, a lot. I had no idea. So what the trick is, uh, the trick is, is that since the state's holding the legal title to that organization, you want to take that back away from them. Right. Like, so I have an LLC. So that's basically what you're talking about, right? I'm structured as an LLC, the company. Uh, yeah, kind of essentially, yeah, yeah. Essentially, and but not. And but we're, well, go ahead. I was saying, getting it uh, through getting it authenticated, it takes um, that title and it turns into the original. So now you are the holder of the original, and with a counter deed to the state, you, know, you can stand on that and let them know that you are the one in control of that artificial entity that they created and not them. Oh, wow. I, I like that, I think. And uh, there's a whole call that detailed step-by-step -step on how you did that process, and that was call number six here on this talk show link. Oh, well, great. Great, thanks. Have to check that out and get up to speed here. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of one of the first things that people do when they start getting their feet wet in all of this info. <laughs> and I've seen a whole lot of different, uh, I don't know, really say responses or reactions um, regarding situations that have happened to people after they've had the authentication done. Um, I've seen situations where I could not believe that people didn't go to jail, where the cops essentially said, there's nothing we can do with that individual. Um, my own case, I, I don't know if it was specifically through the authentication or a couple other things I've put in place, but um, I've had 12 or 13 interactions with police in the past couple of years and I received not one ticket, not a written warning, not anything. And now the past year, uh, those interactions with them have slowed way down. All and right. A lot, so will, it, a lot of people will be like, you know, I've only had one interaction with the cops in the last 10 years. How do you have so many? Well, the thing is I come home from work at normally 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and I live down here in Southwest Florida, which is predominantly a retirement area. 
And so one, two o'clock in the morning, there's not too many people on the road. And so you look a little bit more like easy pickings for the police. And so they would come, you know, they'll use whatever excuse they want to use, you know, to pull people over. Yeah, and of course, of course, their intention with every pullover is to escalate things into a felony. That's always the number one goal. One goal. Gosh, I've noticed that. <laughs> yep, that's their that's their job. They they're gonna um, you know pull you over, hit those lights, declare an emergency. They're gonna commit a felony by declaring an emergency to enforce a misdemeanor, and then hopefully that misdemeanor gets bumped to a felony. Yeah, oh, can I search your car? What do you got there? I'm going to call a canine unit in. And people just, you know, they're they're allowing consent, and, and then they get banged for whatever, for the guy that was sitting in the back seat a week ago who had a prescription med, and he took his pill, and guess what? A pill popped out, rolled underneath the seat, and then they find it, and you're screwed. So, yeah, it happens. Yeah, I don't. I don't consent. Get the dog if you need to get the dog, and then let's be done with this. Well, it's it's funny. Uh, the dog is uh, <laughs> now. Get this now. If you you kill a canine, right? You're you're charged with um, uh, what manslaughter? I mean, does, is that even real? You know, I, I hear these stories. I'd like to you know verify them. You know that you killed an officer, but but let's get back to the dog and those false hits. Well, then guess what? If you're calling that an officer, then I need to I need to I need to sue that dog. You know, bring that dog up on charges. You know, because what happens when old Yeller starts yelping and it's a it's a false positive, and then you you get arrested, you get um, you know, and and now you have. The fact that the police are armed, so now it's it's pretty much it's armed you know, kidnapping, or um, false arrest, false imprisonment. You got a lot of stuff happening there, so interesting. But I I want to uh, see what. Go ahead. Uh, I, was just, I just want to say I think one of the interesting things with the canines also is that you have to realize that when they come with the canines, these officers that have a canine assigned to them, they've got those dogs with them all the time, you know, and yeah. they, they have, you know, probably better control over that canine than they have over their own children even, you know what I mean? And so you've got somebody coming with an animal that they've done all the training on, and there's so many videos out there that you can watch where they'll have the dog walk around a vehicle and there'll be no hits, but you'll see the officer tap on one little part of the car and the dog will come up and act like he's hitting on that spot, you know. Yeah. Oh, the, the dog hit on a spot. Uh, we got to tear your car apart now. <laughs> right, and then if they don't, they don't find anything. You should be suing that dog as as an as an officer because you know they give that dog protections at law. So you should be given the same um, opportunity redress of grievances, and you know. Anyway. And that's yeah. my view view on that. You're gonna hold the dog. You're gonna hold the dog to a standard of an officer when it gets killed. Well, you better hold it to the standard of an officer when those hits are false hits, you know, and, and people's constitutionally protected rights are um, put in jeopardy. You know, I don't, I don't want to start a big constitution conversation. You know, quote. 
constitutional rights, unquote. So. Well, yeah, that was that was kind of part of what I covered over the uh, first hour or so there, Rocco, and talking about the Constitution and how it really is totally inapplicable <laughs> to any right. of us. So. Right, we weren't we weren't and, there. It's it's a, it's a document signed by. Yeah, how many dead men? Uh, and they're talking about their posterity. Yeah, and posterity, that word posterity they're talking about, they're referring to their lineage. Yes, you know? there. And we're, discussing, and we're discussing as well, I mean, the lineage of the presidents, we see how they've all been related. I know a woman, now get this, um, I know a woman, uh, this is back 2010, this was her thing, she would do genealogies in... in you know, lineage like Ancestry.com for people. And she said, huh, I got something to tell you. I had a woman come to me and says, I'm I'm related to, a, I don't know, you know, James Madison, Monroe, one of the presidents, something I, I forget. And this woman did her job. She she documented, she documented this lineage for this woman. And the, the reason this woman did it is somebody put her on to a, a, some kind of process where she showed her lineage and this woman certified it, right, who did because she was a certified researcher. And these forms were put into the IRS and this woman got out of paying taxes because she proved her lineage to the uh, one of the founding fathers. So, ancestry, you know, one of, she's a descendant of, I thought that was Strange, you know, because you you hear you hear all sorts of things. You know, that's a that's a trust indenture, that's a document. But but it all boils to our posterity. We pledge our lives, fortune, fortunes, and sacred honor. You know, it, you, you can. And the thing is, you cannot be born into a contract. Uh, it, it's interesting. I was I was reading a uh, a court case years ago, and um, you know how these these guys will give an offer. You know. Uh, They'll say, "Hey, I'll, if if you can prove me wrong, I'll give you ten thousand dollars or fifty thousand dollars." Well, some guy did that in a seminar, and and another guy bought the videotape. You know, when they had videotape, you know, going back a few years, and they brought this case to court. You know what the judge ruled? He said, uh, "You were not there. You're not a party of the contract. Just because you." watch this video of this man saying, I'll pay anybody. You see, you know, the offer was not made to you. It was only made to the uh, the people living at the time, you know? So I'm thinking that that sounds to me like the same uh, standing or lack of standing as everybody born post-Constitution, you know? You can't be born into a contract. Bottom line. Right, right, exactly, and yeah, and a contract include, you know, has to include uh, your own signatory to it as well. If right, you're not you, a signatory yeah. to a contract, then it has nothing to do with you. Exactly, you're you're not given disclosure. All the elements of a contract are absent. So, how can it lawfully apply to you? It's got to have all those components: offer, acceptance compensation, full disclosure, meeting of the minds. You can't be a minor. You can't be uh, mentally unstable. Um, you know. And number, and you see, you can meet all those, you can meet all those elements. You know, I could say to you, hey, 
Brian, yeah, I'm going to give you 10 grand. I want you to go kill this guy over here. You know, I'm going to give you tw I'm going to pay you in 20s and but but the last element is is it lawful? We we could fulfill all those elements. I'm giving you full disclosure, I'm giving you compensation. We have a meeting of the minds. You're over 18, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. We're good. Now the last thing is is this lawful? Is, what are we doing here? Is is it in harmony? You know, with the law. Well, no. So it's an invalid contract. It's it's a void contract, void ab initio from the beginning. So, correct. To be nullified immediately. Correct. Now, actually, you know, people, if you really want to take the Constitution a step further, you've got to realize that the majority, if not all, of the signatories to it, those gentlemen were all attorneys. They're all bar attorneys. All right. Now, these guys all had an oath to the bar and to the queen. That Absolutely. is where their loyalty laid at. Their, their loyalty laid there. So any contract that they were signing, guess who really was more of a party of it than you? The queen right. and England was more of a party to it than even the people living on the land. Yeah, you they're they're like the prefer, preferred stockholders. They're the first lien holders, if you will. I mean, their their duty, I've heard it, the court comes first, the bar comes second, or the bar comes first, the court comes second, and you come third as as duties of an attorney. If you get an attorney and then you're saying, Hey, I'm I'm incompetent, I'm a ward here. I can't handle my own affairs, so I need this guy to come in in a turn to twist everything. <laughs> a turn means yeah, to twist. Yeah, that's uh, Book Seven, Section Four of Corpus Juris Secundum. Yeah, it's 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 warped. It's a warped system that uh, puts you on the bottom. Uh, I think the main thing that really what the people don't realize is that they think that these guys are public servants, and and truthfully, they really are public servants. The only problem right. is you are not the pub. You are not the public. Right, yeah, they are. Yes, exactly. Well, Rocco, um, I got somewhere I got to be in about fifteen minutes here. So sorry you came on late and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, bummer. Just worked out that way. So, well, we got uh, to uh, Monday and Tuesday, huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's over by there. So, okay. I yeah. guess well, we're gonna close this out then. Yeah, we'll shut this one down. And uh, I don't know. What are you doing next Sunday? Uh, well, hopefully, I'll be uh, open to do this. You know, I'm. It's like I'm working six days a week, so uh, it's kind of funny. You know, I, I got a I got a room and board situation. I go to work whenever I'm, you know, called up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, and, and called up means, uh, you know, a head comes around the corner and says, hey, we're going to work. So, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I am on call like a fireman. I slide down the pole and off I go. So... Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna. Yeah, it just we were delayed by an hour and a half today. So anyway, no problem. No the, problem. The, 
the wonderful world of construction and remodeling. So. Yeah, right. Well, maybe tentatively we can look at next Sunday. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'll do that. I'm I'm open for that. And, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see some updates on, uh, you know, people getting some kind of uh, remedy, relief, cure from this authentication because I'm the guy to watch because, you know, they have me on paper. So, uh, you know, which is, for those of you playing along at home, that's uh, extended supervision, you know, probation. Wisconsin doesn't have parole. So, anyway, um, and then I'm... I'm I'm going to be doing some things, so we shall see. We'll see what happens, and then I'll, then I'll talk about it, and, and Ben and I can talk about it, because, uh, you know, uh, Ben's in, involved with uh, helping me along, study some things, so it's all good. Well, I'll have to report when this uh, stuff goes in, so... All right. Yeah, I've got some uh, additional information I'm going to send along to you too for you to check out. Cool. Okay. Great. Yeah, because I got that that list. You know, that YouTube list. You know, we were talking last night. It's just a matter of time. I mean, I stay up to three o'clock in the morning. Oh, it's just it's like the good old days. You know, the good old crazy days. Can't get enough of the audio okay. and studying. So. Uh, yeah, I recommend when you listen to it, uh, have a paper and pen handy. I do. That's all I have. I got it right here, ready to go. So, rewind, <laughs> write it down. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I've got. It seems like that. To me, that's more important than my wallet is having a paper and pen with me wherever I go. <laughs> because you never know where you're going to grab a, some little good nuggets here and there. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. All right, guys. We'll wrap this one up here. Um, And like I say, you know, majority of info, it's all about learning who we really are, you know, where we're from and where we're really at. Because you learn the truth on those things and you're way further ahead than the majority of people, unfortunately. So until next week at 7, catch you later. Okay, we'll see you.